and welcome everyone to the fourth quarter comeback football podcast. I am your host, Six Pack Pat O'Connor, along with my co-host and friend via phone from New York, Red Zone Rick. Rick, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Pat. Thanks for having me. Thanks to all the listeners out there. Hope you guys enjoy our content. Let's get started off. Week one is in the books, just passed us by, and we're going to start off with probably the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Hurts his knee, goes out early in the game. The Bears, they think they have everything under control. Hero that he is, comes back in the second half. Everybody thought he was done, and he leads the Packers back to victory. There was Willis Reed-esque. <laughs> That's what they're saying. That is the truth. <laughs> it was Willis Reed-esque. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. His skill set is amazing. And the fact that he was hurt, it looked drastic. It looked like I agree. Was I thought he was done, done for the I season. Thought yeah, I thought he was done for the season. Then he comes trotting out the tunnel, and you're like, all right, let's see what he got. And he comes out, and he pulls off the 20-point comeback. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just the best there is in the business right now, and there's no refuting that. He really is. They were laying it on a little bit thick. Chris Collinsworth, not a fan, but Chris Collinsworth mentioned, oh, well, he was he's not even standing on his leg. He's not standing on his leg. That wasn't true. He was definitely standing on his leg. He was definitely making all the throws, and it was damn incredible because he was, he was done. The look said, I'm done for the season. I'm looking up at the crowd. I'm about to tear up. The look at the end of the game might have said something yeah, different. Some me. people seem to think that he was pretty heavily medicated. That's neither here nor there. Whether he did or didn't, it's it's more impressive to me if he was high as a fucking kite because, look, can you do that when you're high? No. So <laughs> Not if, if Who he can? was loaded up on pain pills and Who he made can? that comeback, then that's all more impressive. Aaron Rodgers, there is no question you are the best quarterback in the league right now and honestly I've liked a few different quarterbacks over the time Tom Brady I still like Joe Montana but Aaron Rodgers is just the best on-field quarterback I've ever seen he doesn't really it is. feel like he just does it on his own like he carries whoever's out there well back you know what I mean it's not that he does it the teammates because he has great teammates too but they go just... through wide receivers left and right in Green Bay uh they don't sign any kind of free agents I mean, we got, you got Jimmy Graham this year, but technically, most of the time, they don't sign they free They finally agents. broke the mold a little bit this year once they changed the front office. But yeah, point being, generally, they don't make big free All agents. All homegrown talent. Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league, hands down. I don't want to say that he's a lot better than Brady because I'll Brady— I'll say he's a lot better than Brady. I don't care. I'll say it. Brady has accolades, you know what I mean? Brady has the rings. He just Brady just has a lot on his side. He's the only one that can be mentioned with Aaron Rodgers and it's because of the same circumstances almost. You know, Brady has no one almost every year to throw the ball to except for Gronkowski. His receivers are like revolving doors except for last year with Brandon Cooks. I mean, you you always got Julian Edelman. Listen, Brady made Wes Walker Brady made Julian Edelman. Any receiver that gets on Brady's team, Brady makes them a better receiver. Brady took Randy Moss, who, you know, when he first came into the league, he was one of the greatest receivers that, you know, ever stepped onto the field. He is one of the greatest receivers, I should say, that ever stepped on the field. And he had those, you know, couple seasons in between when he was with Oakland where it just looked like he was done. 
and then Brady brought him right back. Brady, when Gronkowski was drafted, did did a lot of people know about Gronkowski? You know, you knew about his brothers. You probably heard about his brothers and the family as a name, yeah. But did you think that Rob Gronkowski was going to be as good as he is? No, and that's a credit to Brady. Uh, Wes Welker, when Wes Welker came to the Patriots, coming from Miami, like these are things that you look back on and it's like, Brady did those things. Like you see, Belichick had a solid hand in it. When people leave the Patriots, any players, coaches, when once you leave the Patriots, you're done. And it's got it's either Belichick or Brady. And on the field, I like to think it's Brady. On when the it field, comes to the obviously, is where the game is played. But for my money, Belichick is the bigger part of the equation. There, Brady does get the job done. He steps out there on the field every time and he gets it done. But if I had to pick the bigger piece in New England, it would be Belichick. If Aaron Rodgers, who we're talking about, had Belichick, it it would be a wrap every year. Yeah, it would. I think Aaron Rodgers, like I said, Aaron Rodgers has the best skill set. He doesn't have the accolades that Brady has, which puts Brady in the conversation with Rodgers, which is a conversation in its own because if that's what it takes to put you in the conversation with Rodgers, then Rodgers is pretty damn good. We agree on that one. Good thing he seems to be healthy. He's saying that they're going to take it day-to-day. With the knee, he's saying every day he's feeling better, but they're not committing to anything yet for this week against Minnesota. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, Rick. Next up, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to your heart as a native New Yorker. We have your team of choice, the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Rick, what do you got for them? What about Sam Darnold? Do you love him? I do love Sam Darnold. I'm so in love with Sam Darnold. I've never been in love with any other quarterback the Jets have ever drafted as much as I've been in love with Sam Darnold. Not Is even Chad Vinny He's better than Vinny Testaverde. All right. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, let's get this out the way now because this was his only blip. The pick six to start the game was terrible. I'm not going to lie. I had flashbacks for a moment. Started thinking about all the Jets quarterbacks that we've gone through, how bad they've all been, and I'm like, man, this is terrible. This is a bad start. Do you know who the two other quarterbacks <clears throat> were in recent memory that threw pick sixes on their first ever pass? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. And... There you go. We don't have to mention the other one. The other one's not consequential here. This is a... <laughs> Brett Favre, though. That's pretty decent. Maybe not in Jets terms, but overall career, that's pretty good company to be in. Well, I would like Sam Donald to get his career a little more, you know, kicks a little faster than Brett Favre did. Brett Favre took a little while to come around. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Donald threw the pick six. It was a terrible throw, terrible play in general. I don't know if it was a bad coaching play call or a bad decision on the field by Donald. Was it a design, you know, throwback pass? you know, old school throwback pass where they roll out to the right and throw back to the left, that kind of play where, you know, you really can't put that on Donald. It's just what the the design was and he shouldn't have made the throw, but he bounced back. He came back. He showed, he showed poise through adversity. After that play, he came back to throw for 80% completion percentage, throwing for two touchdowns, even against the Lions defense, which is what I've been hearing for the past couple of days. So it, it was just the Lions. Even against the Lions defense, that's impressive for the youngest quarterback to ever start a game on Monday Night Football. Take nothing away from him at all. 
It was the Lions' defense. The Lions are the low of the low in the league right now, in my opinion. So you got to take what you get, though. And that's who he played his first start, and he came out, and he came out very solid. My biggest takeaways from him on Monday night, obviously, was his pocket awareness. If anyone saw the game, you had to see his pocket awareness. All right. He had that one rollout. One of the defensive ends fast in on him, you know, got past the offensive tackle. He rolled out to his right. He made the third down pass to Quincy Nua, which I think they gave us one there. <laughs> I don't think that was really a catch, but he made that rollout. He showed pocket awareness. He felt it. He didn't see the rush. He felt the rush. Then the touchdown to Robbie Anderson, this is where he shows uh, how good he is reading the coverage. This is what makes me really happy. Pocket awareness is one thing, but for quarterbacks to be able to read the coverages, which is what Sanchez struggled with, Geno Smith has struggled with, Darnold gives us the ability to read progressions. And that was really evident where we had the option route to the tight end and the safety bit down, and he was able to go over the top to Robbie Anderson. If you watch that play, you can see Darnold making the reads. You can see him watch the safety come down, which is what impressed me the most the whole night out of Sam Darnold so was the way he was able to read the defense. Is the mental acuity right now. He's got the yes. mental part of the game coming along quicker than most, but the arm talent not necessarily matching up with the mental just yet. So you're very I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that the arm talent is not matching up. He read the defense, took a hitch Got flat-footed when he was pivoting to make the throw to the tight end. Then when he pulled it back, you know, on he was flat-footed, so he had to make that throw. But it's not something that we're going to see all the time from Sam Donald. I think Sam Donald is great with his arm. I think his accuracy is good. I just think that that one throw could have been better. Sometimes you just have a bad throw, you know? And I think that that was a bad, good throw. It ended up being a touchdown. I will you know? say he was helped along pretty well tonight. Crowell, he had what ten carries for 102 yards, two touchdowns. So don't the running game definitely benefited him. He's got the that, Dolphins. The Dolphins at home now. The Dolphins are coming in. We'll actually get a better sense, I think, this week of what Darnold can do now because this is more of a realistic matchup. The Dolphins have a better secondary. The Lions just aren't really operating really at an NFL caliber right now why is everyone trying to take credit away from what donald did by putting the lions hanging them out to dry let's give donald some credit here donald came back showed poise well i think you gave donald enough credit for the both of us but i feel like i'm giving donald <laughs> some pretty good credit too i think we're both saying uh, i think good you're taking away donald. a bit i think you're taking away a Nobody's little bit by saying he's away playing from against it. the well, lions and the lions Listen, defense. he played a shitty team what do you want me to say to that? I'm not going to give him the I think MVP in the think, Super Bowl yet. I think, yet. That <laughs> think they're because. shitty now after the game. Like, I think it was the outcome of the game that made them But this was the first game shitty. of the season, Rick. Last year was last year. It's a different team. It's a whole different coach. Matt Patricia that's not a, that's not a has problem. lost the entire that's not locker a problem, room but by overworking him. This is like the new thing because before this all started, the Jets were 10-point dogs this weekend. So somebody thought that the Lions were better than we're giving them credit for now. Well, then find that person. We can get them on the phone sometime next week, and we can say, can you please make Rick feel better that Darnold is an amazing quarterback? No, 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 no. I don't know I'm what not to saying tell he's you. Amazing. I'm saying Darnold is good. I don't know what else you want from me. Darnold I, is a good quarterback. I just don't want, I don't want anyone to know if I'm saying it, it was the Lions that we played. 
but it was. Next up, we're going to take a trip to my neck of the woods, and that would be Raider Nation, baby. We're going to talk about the Raiders and the Rams, Monday Night Football. Obviously, it didn't go very well for them in the end. The Raiders, they lost it. They basically didn't show up after halftime, but they started really well. I think a lot of people have the Rams as the Super Bowl favorite, and the Raiders held on. Not only held on, but they were leading them in score and many categories for the first half. Derek Carr, 20 completions, 199 yards, one interception. I don't understand how he didn't throw the ball to the back corner of the end zone for Cook to go grab it. He threw it short, easy pick, and that was the start of the downfall, really, for the rest of the game. Lynch played well. Cook set the world on fire, nine receptions, 180 yards. Their linebackers just could not hang with him. Eventually, they changed it over and put Tlaib on him. That helped slow him down a little bit. But three turnovers, 11 penalties for 155 yards, two big pass interference penalties. The Raiders did not have what they needed to have in the second half. They got shut down. They were completely shut out in their quarter they're going to need to step up, and let's be honest, we all hate to say it as Raider fans out there, but God, do we miss Khalil Mack because we have no pass rush. Right yeah, now. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, man, you guys were lacking such a pass rush that night. I remember watching the game, and I was like, man, oh, man, John Gruden better have a plan. <laughs> yeah, Arden <laughs> Key seems like a really good substitution, but my God, he's young, he's raw, and there is there is no substitution for Khalil Mack. And what's going on with your receivers, man? Was it just a credit to the Rams secondary? Or well, the Rams something- secondary was really good, but it's honestly, it was actually more a credit to the Rams' pass rush. People seem to think, well, Donald skunked for the night. No pun intended. There was a skunk in the building, apparently. <laughs> Sue, minimal. He had a couple of big plays there. Quarterback hit. Nothing big. Donald, he did get, actually get in there earlier in the night, roughing the passer penalty, and that was it. You never heard from him again. But the interior of our line, the Raiders' offensive line, they could not contain them long enough to hold. So Carr was having to fire the ball very quick. He was doing a lot of downs. He was just hitting the flats. He was hitting the quick slants. And he was hitting Jared Cook as much as he possibly could, as evidence. And Cook was making big plays. There's actually, if you look at the tape, Coop had Tlaib burned down the field a couple of times. Cooper was burning down the field, and he was getting by him. Carr was not hitting him. So it wasn't on Cooper. It was on Carr. As much as I hate to say it, the entire loss is on Derek Carr. He wasn't making the throws he needed to. He made a couple of bad picks, really bad errors, cost a touchdown, threw a pick six, and one of the worst interceptions thrown that I've ever seen in my entire life. So this one actually falls on Carr's shoulders entirely. How does that make you feel as a Raider fan, Pat? Mac gone and now the real face of your franchise I feel okay with it good. well the real face of our franchise Gruden is the yeah, real I guess. face no, of our is. franchise let's no, make sure we're clear right? that <laughs> so, oh, I man. believe in Derek Carr I will continue to believe in Derek Carr he can make the throws he needs to stop being so soft about it he's trying to put too much finesse on these balls when he has one of the nicest tightest spirals he can fire that ball in there harder than most guys, if not everybody in the league. Two years ago, 
he was slinging and hitting everybody right over the corner's shoulders. He was making all the big plays. That's what got him MVP talks throughout the entire year. Last year he got hurt. He's just having problems. I don't know if it's with his confidence or what it is, but he's not really throwing the ball. He's not driving the ball into the receivers. He's just kind of finessing it too much, and that's not his bread and butter. That's not what works for him. Not too pleased, but I have confidence that Gruden and Carr and the entire organization will get it fixed, get it straightened out. Yeah, that was just what I was going to ask you. Um, how do you feel about Gruden and Carr being together? I feel together? the relationship is great. I feel like Gruden has wanted to coach Carr for a while. I feel like Carr was one of those guys, one of those young quarterbacks in the league that he that he could really work with and mold that still had such raw potential and had a good mind. That's what Gruden wants, the student. He wants the guy that's going to show up early, work hard, is capable of learning, and is capable of implementing Gruden's game plan on the field, in practice and on Sunday. I think Gruden loves Carr. I think they have a solid relationship. I think Carr had a solid relationship with Mac, obviously, too. So I do think there might be a lingering issue there with Carr not being too happy. But he gets the business side of things. They all get it to business. They're going to move forward. They're going to move on. Let's not put it past the Rams. The Rams are a great team. The Rams are going to be one of the teams that's talked about as a Super Bowl contender all year long. So the Raiders, that they were able to hang in there and put up a good fight, actually shows me that we're better off than a lot of people think. Next up, we're going down to Tampa. Ryan Fitzpatrick had one hell of a day. Jameis Winston, is he done in Tampa Bay? He's currently serving a three-game suspension. He lost his Nike endorsements. They are said to not be very happy with his character in Tampa. I understand he's a number one pick from not long ago. He is due his fifth-year extension next year, $21 million. But I feel like if they see Fitzpatrick showing that, hey, we can get something done without Jameis, we don't need him here, then... They may just move on from him. What do you think? I think it's possible that they move on from Jameis. I definitely think it's possible, but only under the right circumstances, only under the you know the right price. If you move on from Jameis, you got to make sure that there's something coming behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely not the answer. He's definitely not going to sustain that type of play going forward. He is one of those quarterbacks that has a couple of games a year. He just shows up. He flashes brilliance. He flashes brilliance yeah. occasionally, but he's not really a sustainable quarterback for the entire year. I agree. Fitzpatrick is not a long-term answer, but if they could pick some kind of compensation up and then draft another young quarterback, I he feel definitely. like they'd want to get away from Jameis. They just he's but not you got to get the compensation brand. back. That's that's not a problem to get away from him. I understand. You know, you think he has off-field issues, and it's just not what you want around your facilities. I can I can totally understand that. But you got to make sure that you get you get back some type of compensation. What you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick and what you have in the returning Jameis Winston. You, Jameis Winston to me still is ten times better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So. Once a field quarterback, yes. Jameis does have skills. I was never a big fan of him. I always loved Mariota personally. I thought he should have been the number one pick that year. Honestly, I think it comes down to Jason Licht, the GM. He's 22 and 42 there. I don't know if he's really long for that job. I know they extended him one-year extension next year in 2019. 
So that is a big part of this. If they decide to move on from Licht as GM, I think that seals the deal. I think that whoever comes in will want to get rid of Dirk Cutter, will want to get rid of Jameis Winston, he will want to start over with their own regime and change everything. And especially if they can get something in return for Jameis, a former number one pick, there are teams out there that will trade for him. Yeah, of course, 100%. Jameis Winston is... uh... I don't want to say he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but he's an average quarterback, and average quarterbacks nowadays are coveted by teams. You see what the Jets got in return for Teddy Bridgewater. So you think uh, a third-round pick is the minimum, is the floor for Jameis right now? Yes, I do. I think because of his age and skill set, yes, definitely at least a third-round pick. I mean, he's just he's your better chance to win than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if you're going to go away from Jameis, you just got to make sure you got something coming back. What do you back. see? Give me one team. Pick out one team. What do you think? Where's a good landing spot? Or at least um, a realistic um, landing spot. Give me somewhere that Jameis goes. I can see Jameis Winston landing with Jacksonville. You know, he's a Florida native. Oh, uh, good one. Good choice. Bortles doesn't seem like he's going to pan out in the long run. I mean, I know he kind of, well, last year towards the end of the season, but overall throughout his career, he just look. He looks kind of bad, and this year, uh, starting to start off the season this year against the Giants, he just didn't look good. Week one, he doesn't have any weapons around him, which is not his fault. But even when he did, when he had Hearns and Robinson, who were both up and coming receivers, he just didn't fit the bill. So I could see Jameis landing in Jacksonville, especially with him being a Florida native. It's attractive, you know. He doesn't have to go too far. He's just going on the other side of town. And it just seems like a good fit. Jacksonville, I like it. That's a good choice. I could also see maybe some teams that NFC East has, you know, Dallas is willing to take a big chance, maybe get a weird chance. I understand Dak, maybe they're a little shaken in Dak. Maybe they want a solid backup option. Expensive, yes, but who knows? Jerry likes to spend his money. The Giants, if they like his character enough to bring him in, maybe as a successor to Eli. Alex Smith isn't getting younger. There's some possibilities out there. We'll have to wait and see what happens for now. He will be back in a couple of weeks, and we'll see where they go from there. We here at the Fourth Quarter Comeback appreciate you listening, and now we're going to do a little service for you, what we prefer to call the Fantasy Stock Watch here at 4QC. This week, I all in on Michael Thomas. I believe Michael Thomas is the man he has translated. He has Drew Brees there. He has a solid running game. He went for 16 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown. I believe Michael Thomas is going to be the highest scoring fantasy receiver all year long. Even higher than Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, all of them. Michael Thomas is the guy to own. Go out, trade for him, trade what you have to outside of your stud running backs, and get Michael Thomas on roster. Next up, Kenny Galladay, I think he is the number two guy, possibly even the number one some weeks, in Detroit. As we saw, they're going to be behind a lot, so they're going to be passing often. And even if they're ahead, they're still going to be passing often. So Kenny Galladay, a guy to own, seven catches, 114 yards, pick up Kenny Galladay. My third guy, Kareem Hunt. Yes, he was drafted early, he was drafted often. He is a guy that was a first round pick in most leagues. But a lot of people are going to be down on him this week. They see he had a low week. He didn't have many fantasy points. I think you can get in there and steal Kareem Hunt. 
Some people might think they're going to be a passing offense. So if you can scream one from someone in your league, you might just get the deal of the year right there. Rick, who are you buying? I'm buying Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon had 64 yards on the ground, but some people may look at that and say, uh, that's not what I'm looking for as far as production in the running game. But to complement that, Melvin Gordon had 102 receiving yards. Okay. Now, if you're playing in standard PPR leagues, 102 receiving yards is 10 point points. With 64 rushing yards, that's 6.4 points. With one reception point for every reception, he had nine receptions. That's nine points for an, for a total of 27.6 fantasy points. That's great on average. And Melvin Gordon is the only back in the in Los Angeles that's going to give you this kind of production. He doesn't have anyone behind him that's going to threaten any kind of playing time, any kind of, uh, you know, receptions or, you know, take away any carries for him. So I'm telling you to go out and get Melvin Gordon. I don't care what kind of price you have to pay for him, get Melvin Gordon on your team. After Melvin Gordon, I'm going to go and tell you to go pick up Cobb. After what I saw uh, Sunday night with Aaron Rodgers coming out, getting Cobb the ball, Cobb is going to be over the middle all season for the Green Bay Packers. I know some people may be skeptical about because Jimmy Graham, the Jimmy Graham acquisition. Jimmy Graham scored two points for your fantasy team on Sunday night. And I know some people may say, hey, Rick, you know, that was only one week, but I'm just not sold on the Jimmy Graham acquisition. I didn't think he looked good in his last couple seasons with Seattle, and I think he may be a little bit overrated when it comes to fantasy. So I'm telling you to go out and get Randall Cobb to reassure yourself, especially if you have Jimmy Graham. All right, those are your buys. Now on to our sells. My first sell here, Rick, is uh, the first two actually might be a bit of a surprise. First one is going to be James Conner. Yes, he performed great in Le'Veon Bell's absence. 192 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns. In that offense, he's going to put up a lot of fantasy numbers. But when does the fairy tale end? We have no idea. It's whenever Le'Veon Bell decides to show back up. So while he's hitting on all cylinders, I want you to go out and trade James Conner. You can get great return on your investment. Some of you may have just picked him up off of the waiver wire. You can sell high and get a lot in return for James Conner. He's a great player as it stands right now in fantasy, but he's going to have to go eventually. Next up for me, David Johnson. I like David Johnson. I don't love him. He's not going to put up over 2,000 yards. He's not going to put up 20 touchdowns again. It's not happening. He's a good player. He's really good. 67 all-purpose yards, a touchdown this week. He's going to have really good weeks, but he is simply not going to replicate what you want him to. Sell high while his name value is where it is. Because if you wait until the middle of the season, it's going to be too late. Last on my list is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, he had all the potential in the world in Jacksonville. Unfortunately, some injuries rocked him. He just didn't have the best guy thrown to him. Unfortunately, he still has the same problem coming off of injury, and he doesn't have the best guy thrown to him again. So, Mitch Trubisky is a guy in Chicago. You will eventually learn I am not a fan. Allen Robinson, four catches, 61 yards. He's not that guy. He might be an occasional fill-in and a flex or a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three if you're in a three-receiver league. I just don't see it for Allen Robinson. Rick, I know you've got one for us, and I'm pretty sure it's a guy that we're both not too fond of this year. Who do you have? 
I got Evan Ingram. <laughs> oh, man, where can I start? This is my second year consecutive drafting Evan Ingram in my own private fantasy league. And let me tell you guys from experience, Evan Ingram is not the guy. Just for some stats for last week, two receptions, eight yards, 3.8 fantasy points. What kills me about Evan Ingram is the opportunity is there. He just can't hang on to the ball. I watched four passes fall through this guy's hands over 15 yards. He just can't hang on to the ball. And I think that the Giants found out that Sterling Shepard is going to be really, really strong this year. They got Odell Beckham coming back. He's looking good already with 11 receptions for 111 yards. He still hasn't touched the end zone, but he's going to make his way there soon. And I think that Saquon Barkley is going to start taking some receptions 100%. away from, from one of these guys. I mean, they, the Giants is going to keep him on the field all the time if they can. And he doesn't seem like he needs to come off the field. He's a workhorse. The likes of Eric Dickerson and some of the big time backs, like that's what Saquon Barkley looks like. And that's going to put a big dent into Evan Ingram and his fantasy production. We both agree there. 100%. That is our fantasy stock watch for the week. We hope that it helps you out. Hopefully you can go on to Daily Fantasy, make a whole lot of money, send us our checks. We definitely want our cut, but if you don't, we won't take the chance to it. So we are now moving on to our weekly predictions. Here we go. Sunday, 1 o'clock games. Let's start with Carolina at Atlanta. Atlanta did just lose another important piece on the defense with Deion Jones. They lost Keanu Neal for the season. Atlanta defense is rocked right now. That said, I like their offense. I love what they do. I'm still sticking with Atlanta, at least for this week. As am I. I think that uh, Cam Newton still lacking. Uh, outside presence, and um, even if Deion Jones and Keanu Neal are both hurt, I just think that Cam Newton doesn't have enough. Atlanta has too much on offense. I'm going with Atlanta. Perfect. All right, we got the Colts visiting the Redskins. As you're going to see, I have a big trend here going on. I'm picking the home team in a lot of these. Uh, this one's going to be the Redskins. Alex Smith leading him to victory. Not much else to say. Andrew Luck, he's doing good so far, but it's just he's not going to get his wins and probably a little few more games in. Well, somebody else just doesn't have the support around him. I like Andrew Luck a lot. He's just lacking a running game. He doesn't have any outside threats outside of T.Y. Hilton. Once they bracket coverage Hilton, his day is over. So I am going to go with Washington as well. One of the big games of the week for me here, the Houston Texans visiting the Tennessee Titans. Mariota seems to be coming out. He is going to be able to play this week, according to what I've heard. So I'm actually going to stick with Tennessee in this one. I think I'm going to Houston. I'm looking for a big game from Deshaun Watson, a big bounce back. Last week he had a couple of blunders, and I'm thinking that he's going to come out of the shell this week and go back to the old Deshaun Watson that we, we saw last year before his injury. I'm going to ride with Houston this week. How about the Eagles and the Buccaneers? Don't really have much to say for the Buccaneers. I'm going with the Eagles on this one. Yeah, I think that last week was just uh, a big fluke, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, I think there's that no the way the Eagles D is letting that happen this week. No, no, no way Fitzpatrick could sustain that type of play coming up against the Eagles defense. Pass rush is amazing. I got the Eagles. All right. I have the Steelers at home beating Chiefs. Going to be a tough one. 
Probably going to be a lot of passing yards in this one, but the running game actually could be the surprise of the day. James Conner, Antonio Brown, Steelers get it done. I'm going to ride with the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes is the real deal, and I think this week Kareem Hunt turns it around on the ground and gets in the end zone. I got the Chiefs winning. Dolphins at Jets. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this one, but I'm going to go there first. I'm taking the Jets. I like them at home. So do I. I think the Jets uh, were primed for a great season. I don't think it's going to be one of those seasons where we're in playoff contention, but I think we're going to have a good season, and I think that Miami is a very beatable opponent. I think we got their number, and I'm excited to see what Sam Darnold's going to do this weekend. I got the Jets. All right. Here is my upset special of the week. The Chargers are coming all the way to the East Coast to play the Buffalo Bills. And as I said, my upset watch is on. I'm taking the Bills. I have absolutely no faith in the Bills, and I think the Chargers are going to win in a landslide. I'm not sold on Josh Allen. I don't think Calvin Benjamin is a top-flight elite receiver, if you will. And Buffalo just looks like they're hurting right now. I got the Chargers. I can understand that. Got to go out on a limb sometime. Vikings at Packers. Still not 100% Aaron Rodgers is playing, so obviously things are contingent on that. But as I am assuming that Aaron Rodgers will be out there and ready to play, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. What about you, Rick? I think that Minnesota wins this one. I think that Minnesota is going to be able to play the defense and it's necessary to stop Rodgers. Um, again, I like Aaron Rodgers and I like Green Bay, what they have to offer. I just think that the Vikings are poised, man. Vikings do look spot. good. I can't take that away. They look really good. But I think the Packers are going to be riding high. It's going to be a goodie. That I know. Browns at Saints. Going Saints. I'm definitely going Saints, too. I think the Saints are looking for a back performance, so... Yeah, they're going to clean it up a little bit on defense. Yeah. The Browns, it's not going to be sloppy out there. They're not going to get the job done anywhere near like they did against Pittsburgh last week. And it's not a division game, so they just don't play as hard. Moving on to the 4 o'clock games, we have the Lions, the mighty Detroit Lions, going over to San Francisco to play the 49ers. I think the 49ers take it. How about you? I got the 49ers as well. I think that the Lions will come and they will come ready to play. I think that they're going to have some uh, added energy because of what happened to them on Monday night. But I think that 49 is going to be too much for the Lions to handle at home. So I'm picking the Niners. All right. Sounds good. We've got the Cardinals visiting the Rams. If I said the Eagles were my lock, then this is my real lock of the week. This is the one I would put it all on. I have the Rams soundly beating the Cardinals at home. As do I. I. This was also one of my locks this week as I was going through the pick. I think the Rams are going to just run Ramshock right through the Cardinals, so we'll see. Exactly. Another reason why I don't see a lot going on for David Johnson there. He's running into a buzzsaw in week two. It's just <laughs> well, not going to look good for him. Yeah. All right. Probably the game of the week, I would have to say, or at least one of them would be the Patriots at the Jags. Rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. This year... I have the Jags taking the win. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think the Patriots are still one of the elite teams in the league, AFC or NFC. It doesn't matter. I just think the Patriots are one of the elite teams. I'm also one of those people that thinks that the Jaguars aren't as good as we think they are. I think they have a great defense. I think that they were one Eli Manning pick six away from losing if he didn't make that play. If he doesn't make that throw, the Giants end up winning the game 15-13, hypothetically speaking. But 
that's just me. I'm going to go with the Patriots this weekend. I think the Jags defense is just too much for New England this week. New England did not look to be securing the ball that well. They had three turnovers, lost two of three fumbles, one including Gronk. Brady threw an interception. I feel like he's going to throw at least one more this week. Jags defense is going to force a lot of turnovers. They're going to take the win. Next up, the big game, at least for me and the rest of the Raider Nation out there. 4 o'clock, the Raiders have to go visit Denver. Yes, you can hear the contempt. I will be biased against them. That I can be honest about. And therefore, I am picking the mighty Oakland Raiders to get back on the horse. No pun intended there. And they'll take the W this week. I got the Broncos. I think that Case Keenum is going to clean it up a little bit this week. Uh, I think they still have the weapons outside to get it done. Uh, Philip Lindsay, an emerging talent, along with uh, Royce Freeman. I think that the Broncos are going to have enough to get it Bar Miller was like a madman last week, so we'll see. I think the Denver Broncos have enough to get it done. I got the Broncos. <laughs> the way we're going here, I think we're <laughs> we're not meshing too well on these picks, and that's a good thing sometimes. So one of us is going to look like a genius, one of us not so much. Hopefully I am in the genius category, but that's all right either way. Sunday night game, Giants at Cowboys. All great matchup, NFC East, Titans collide. I really would love to pick the Cowboys, but I am going to take the Giants. As will I. I was thinking about this earlier in the day. I was like, man, you know, Dak just doesn't have what he needs outside, and defenses can easily just stack the box against Dak. And I, I like the Giants' defense. I like the Giants' offense. I think the Giants have a good offense. I think they have enough to get it done. Giants go into Dallas and take down the Cowboys, putting the Cowboys at 0-2 to start the season. Not very good. Jerry will not be happy how hot is in Garrett's seat. Probably not as hot as it should be. All right, Monday night, last game of the week. Seattle Seahawks at Chicago Bears. The Bears, their defense looked pretty ridiculous, at least in the first half. Then the god that is Aaron came out and shut them down. I like the Bears. I still love Mac. He is a beast. I'm taking the Seahawks in an upset. I'm going to have to go with you on that one. I like Russell Wilson. As long as you have uh, Russell Wilson, I think you always have a puncher's chance. And Russell Wilson just seems like he has magic to get it done. I think he's going to get it done this weekend against the Bears. I have to agree. I feel like Brandon Marshall's kind of resurging a little bit. He's giving them tough. Tyler Lockett's good on the deep ball. Russell Wilson will make something happen there. I think Russell Wilson will manufacture points and Trubisky won't be able to keep up. Agreed. Trubisky's like a very, very, very poor man's version of Russell Wilson right now. <laughs> Russell's going to show him how to get it done. He's going to pick up the W on Monday night. And you out there are going to pick up the W for listening to us on the fourth quarter comeback, our very first episode. We appreciate it more than you could ever know. And we hope that even though if it was a rocky road to start, you come back and visit us again every week. My name is Six Pack Pat. He is Red Zone Rick. You can follow us on social media. There's the Fourth Quarter Comeback is on Facebook. I am at Six Pack Pat, the number six, Pack Pat on Twitter. We are at 4QC Show on Twitter. Rick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rick Red Zone. Like Pat said, thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you here every week so we can talk football together. Have a great season. Thank you for tuning into the Fourth Quarter Comeback. We'll see you later.